Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Kufchafches. We're on the top of the line, top uh, top line on the page. Avalaya So the Mishnah told us there were certain items that you know could be moved. You know, you're um, rearranging boxes as they're doing in the hallway right outside over here. So the question was on Shabbos. We had one concern was Tircha Yisera doing extra work. Maybe that's in itself. It's your Mavatal Enik Shabbos, or it looks like a weekday, a regular day of, of work. You're not. That's not called Shabbos. Saturday is not a day to rearrange your garage. So therefore, there was a, a concept of limiting one's Tircha. In that discussion, we touched upon things that cannot be moved anyways because they are muksa. So one of them, one of those was Tevin. Or tevel. One cannot move Tevel on Shabbos. So the question is, well, Tevel cannot be eaten by anyone. So what's the, what's the Chiddush? What's the uh, novelty that one is not allowed to move Tevel on, on Shabbos? Of course, Tevel is muksa. You can't eat it. So the Gemara says, Pshita. Of course, the Tevel Tavel Midrabanan. We're talking about Tevel that's only Midrabanan. It's not Tevel Daraisa. How do you have a case where something is only Chayev and Truma? And Meiser Midrabanan, that Shazaroi Ba'atit Sheinanakov. You planted it in a potted flower pot. Since there's no holes there, Halacha is, it is not considered attached to the ground, and therefore, Midaraisa, you're not Chayiv in Truma and Meiser. Midrabanan makes sense, it looks similar. You be Chayiv in Truma and Meiser. So the Chiddush is, even though Midaraisa is fitting, since Midrabanan, one cannot eat it, it is still considered Moksa. Okay, let's keep going. With the mask. A person cannot move Maiser Rishon, and the Mishnah concluded that if you didn't take off Truma from the Maiser, so then you cannot move that on Shabbos. Of course, you didn't do the correct procedure of, of giving the Matnas Kahuna and Matnas Leviyah, of giving the presence to the Kayin and the Levi. So the Gemara says, and this circles back to yesterday's Afro, what's the example here? Where you went went into the silo, the levy went into the silo and he took his miser before they gave truma to the kayan. Shanita mimenu miser, nitla mimenu truma. Truma was not uh, taken from this. So you did miser before truma. Mao the team, I would have thought to say that it should not be muksa, that it's fine, it's kosher. Kedar papa asked Abaya the following question. He said, at the end of the day, if I already took uh, miser, halach is, we don't do, do truma from miser. So the Gemara says, Kedishani la Abaya, this is yesterday's off. Abaya responded that once it's midgun, once it's already considered uh, grain, it's in the silo, even if you took miser first, you still have to give truma. So therefore, that's the chiddish of the Mishnah of Maiserish and Shalanitla Trumasai. Next, Vlayas Maiser Shani, that a person cannot move Maiser Shani that was not redeemed on Shabbos. So what's the case of Maiser Shani? So when a person, so every, uh, your first, second, fourth, and fifth year of the uh, of the growth of the of the field, you give Maiser Shani. So what's Maiser Shani? You bring it up to Yerushalayim and you eat it, you, you say, be your Maiser, and you, and you uh, eat it in Yerushalayim. So typically, you would redeem it. You're not going to be schlepping a truck, a flatbed full of fruits. You redeem it on, you know, with, with money, and you go up to your shalim and you spend that money on, on, on food over there. So if you didn't redeem it, of course, it's not, uh, it's not kosher yet. So the Marsha Chita, so the Marsha Tzricha de Niftu. You redeemed it, but Niftu kill Chasa. You didn't do it properly. How would that be? Maiser, Shepadai Gabi Asimoin. You did it on the asimon, which is a unminted coin. It's a it's a matbea. It's a coin. It doesn't have a tzur on it. Doesn't have an image. So it's it's just a flat piece of metal. 
However, the Rachmanah said, the Torah says, Vitzarta kesabiyadecha davar sheyesh boitzura. We learn from there, Torah Shabbat that when you redeem Meiser onto coins, it has to be a davar sheyesh boitzura. So since you messed up here, therefore, you, you didn't do, that's called Meiser Sheni Shaloi Niftu. So on one hand, it's not that you didn't even try to redeem it. The Chiddush is even if you redeemed it, but you didn't do it properly, that is not called kosher, uh, kosher food. And in our halacha, it's considered moksa. We have this in brachas, you can't be part of a mezuman if you ate this by a meal. So that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah. What about hektish? What would be a case of hektish that wasn't redeemed? Shechilah, Gabekarka, you redeemed it on karka, you made it uh, non-hektish anymore by using uh, real estate. The Torah says you can't do that. Vinasana kesef. The kamla, you have to give kesef, which means cash, and not karka, and not, uh, and not grant, not real estate. Okay. Then the Mishnah said you can't move this thing called a luf. haluf. Some type of bean, when it's raw, that even animals don't eat it, so you cannot move that on Shabbos. Tana Rabbana, metalkin esa chatzav, you're allowed to move this chatzav, a certain type of grass, if neishuhu machal, uh, it's a macha for deers, for tzvi. Uh, since deers eat it, since the deer will eat it, so then it is uh, not moksa. You could uh, move mustard seed because it is food for the doves, and therefore it is not considered moksa. You could even move the uh, shards of glass. It is uh, food for the ostriches. So they eat glass. Uh, okay. Maybe it helps with, their sh- with the shells for their eggs, right? I don't know. You know? Okay. We'll bother you later, Aaron. Okay, so you're telling me these exotic animals, since you could theoretically give the food to them, so then your, your items are not considered muksa. So, if that's true, I'll go to the extreme. Let's say I have these uh, bundles of, of vines, of shoots, should be able to be moved on Shabbos. It's food for an elephant. Elephants eat these, so then it should be considered... Uh, it should be considered non-muksa. For no, he says, no, it's different. The ostriches are common. I guess that was common in the Middle East, that uh, they, would, they would raise these, uh, these ostriches. But peeling elephants, not. That's exotic. You go to the zoo. That's uh, you know, a special trip to go find elephants, but they didn't have it on the street. And therefore, you would not consider these items muhan prepared, because who are you giving it to? The elephant? Where, where does the elephant live? He's not next to you. So therefore, they are muksas. Amar Amemar. Amemar said, this whole discussion of things that are fitting for ostriches, that's only very specific halacha. The isle namios. When you do indeed have an ostrich, but if you never, if you don't have an ostrich in your, on your block, so, or in your own home, who, who are you giving this to? So Amar Avashla, Amemar, Ella, according to you, that we're talking about specifically, the whole discussion that we had, elephants, ostriches, that's when you have it in your house, then the whole thing doesn't make any sense. If a person, if we said that there was a discussion regarding these uh, shoots, these zemires, these vines, if they are considered muhan because you can feed it to an elephant, and there was a whole discussion back and forth, I don't understand the conversation. And if this person has an elephant, and my life. So wh- why is it considered muksa? The same way he went to Target to buy dog food, he went to Target and he bought elephant food for his elephant. So why would they be considered muksa? So the Gemara says, you're right. Of course, if you have it, and this is the food that you feed your pets, there's no shayla, 100%. It's not considered muksa. Ella roi hachinami. Ella, I'm sorry, Ella roi. Must be talking about that as long as it's fitting for elephants, even if you personally don't have it, 
That's enough. Hachanami, so Tragamil says, when it comes to these broken glasses, really, as long as it's fitting to feed a uh, ostrich, that itself would be uh, would be enough. Would, would be enough. Okay. And the question was, how shchiach does it have to be? But it doesn't mean you personally uh, have it. It means that the shchiach, it's common. People have it, but nobody has elephants, so therefore it doesn't work. It doesn't mean that you have to have the elephant or you have to have an ostrich. It means that people have ostriches. Okay. Omar Abaya. Rabbi Shimon Maramliel, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yishmol, Rabbi Kiva. So four Tanoim, the famous Tanoim, Kulu, Svirlu, all these have the same opinion that Kol Yisrael b'nei Malachim him, that all of Kol Yisrael are considered sons of kings. And it wasn't just, you know, like a chizuk for, you know, for three weeks. No, they were telling us that the halachic ramifications of that we are all considered b'nei Malachim. Where does this come up? So we actually had it in a different place regarding waking up in the morning, first parak and brachas, what time is my kriyashma is. For some reason, the Gemara doesn't uh, bring that down. Okay, Rabbi Shimon Amiyo Hadarman, he just said this. He said, that, he said that you're allowed to move food for the ravens, even though most people don't have ravens, but since the Vanim Alachim used to raise, I'm, I'm sorry, the ostriches. What do you say? Adam, go again. We had another time by the clothing also when they asked what. Uh, Right, you're right. It's another one. Good point. Maybe it's the same opinion of one of these. Could be. Very good point. And I think the Gemara brought that with the Shem and Vera that we're going to bring. We'll have to do some research why those are not brought down here. Okay, so first was talking about the Machal of the Arvim, of the... Uh, of the um, of the uh, ravens, okay, and that's Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon, we had this in Daf Kuf Yerav to Talmud in the Mishnah. We were talking about different oils and if they could be used for for a fuah or not for a fuah. So it said, "Benim Malachim Sachin Agabi Makasin Shemen Ver." They anoint on their on their wounds this this thing called Shemen Ver, this rose oil. Shekin Darkon Shab Benim Malachim Also Bechol. Since they do it during the week, even when they do not have any wounds, that's their uh, you know they, they just put it on their skin. It, it feels good. So when a person doesn't on Shabbos, since you do it the whole week, it's not noticeable you're doing it for a fua. You do it every day. It's like putting on deodorant. So it's not a problem or a fua. So that's the opinion of the of the Tanakhama. The only Bnei Malachim could do it. Comes along Rabbi Shimon. No, call Yisrael Bnei Malachim. All the Klai Yisrael are considered Bnei Malachim. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Kiva. Where do we see this? Italia. We looked in a brisa. Very interesting halacha. So you have a Baal Chayv, someone who owes you uh, who owes you money. Harishayinoshin by elf money. Someone who owes other people a thousand zuz of of of, of of money. The Lavosh Itzla Bas Mea Mana. He's walking around with a suit worth a hundred money. So, you know, if you're on a tuition committee in your local school, so you always have those uh, people complaining. What do you mean? This guy doesn't pay tuition. He's driving around in his uh, fancy car, right? So the question is, what do we do? So again, tuition is not exactly the same thing, but you have a Baal Choy, someone who borrowed $20,000 from you, then, then tomorrow he's, he just buys a Range Rover. What's going on? So the Gemara says, Mafshitin Oisa, you're allowed to take it. Halach is a Baal Choy, you're allowed to go collect your, your, your debt from the person's property. Halachically, by the way, interesting halacha that you can't strip him of everything. He has to be able to, to have basics. So he has to have a shirt, but he doesn't have to have a fancy suit. So mafshit, by the way, back in the day, you would be sold as an Evid Ivory. If you owed someone money, you'd be sold as an Evid. You work, you work your way for six years to be able to pay him back. So you tell this person, hello, you owe me $10,000. What are you doing wearing this uh, custom-made $5,000 suit? We're going to uh, 
uh, your your uh, you know your store tomorrow. We're gonna get you a hundred dollar suit. That's the Tanakama. Since that is considered basics to wear the fancy suit to drive the Range Rover. That is considered basics, and you would not be able to take it from from that person. Halakhali, we do not pass on this. We pass on that you could take the Range Rover from the guy if he owes you hundred thousand dollars and he buys himself a Range Rover. You're allowed to collect. He owes you the money. That's hundred uh, percent. You're definitely allowed to collect from it. But basics, you can't take away his uh, his chair, his couch, whatever, his, uh, his refrigerator that you would not be able to take away from him. Okay, chavile kash ve We spoke about all different types of bundles of straw and wood and all these other things. So it depends. If you prepare them before Shabbos for your animals, then you can move it. If not, now tanura bana chavile kash ve chavile etzim ve chavile zradin imeskim l'machabehim. All these reeds and twigs. If you prepare it for your Animals, if you move it with one hand, that's fine because that's not a big tircha. If it could be lifted up with one hand, that's fine. But if it's a big, large stack, they need two hands to lift it. That would be considered a tircha yesera. Next, chaviles, sia, ezo, cornus, all these different types of grasses. The Gemara is going to explain some of these. You can't move it on Shabbos. Since you never had a mind to use them prior to Shabbos coming in, that will be considered muksa. Again, this is the sheet of, Ra- of, Rameir, of Rabbi Huda, as we know. Uh, next, uh, but if it's if a person already had brought it in, he brought it into his home to feed his animals, you could indeed use this on Shabbos. You crack it uh, with your hand, you break it with your hand, but you cannot use a keli to cut it up because that would be considered or some type of uh, grinding it on Shabbos. You could remove the hus, which is a discussion if this is a problem of dash, of threshing. If you're using a keli, then you can only do a little bit, but you cannot do a lot. You can't uh, remove the husk if you're doing an uh, abundance. They hold you cannot thresh this, uh, you know, the husks from these things uh, with a keli, with a utensil. You can only use your hands. And not only that, you have to use the tips of your fingers, but not your entire hand. Since during the week you would use your entire hand to crush these things and to separate the chaff from the grain, so it's over the chol to do it like this during the week. The chain ba'amisa, the same thing when it comes to amisa, the chain ba'pegum, the chain ba'shamini, it's found all types of spices and herbs and uh, micrograins, all these things you would, you would, uh, same halacha. My amisa, what is this amisa? So the Gemara says ninya, some type of mint. Sia, amarviuda, is tisri. I'm not going to guess what it is. Ezoiv is abrasa, various types of herbs. Cornis, cornisa shema, it's called cornisa. Who wants cornus and vishtaka chashi? And it ended up having chashi, so it's not called cornus. Ella sia is tisri, and azov is abrasa, and cornus is chashi. Okay, very good. Next, itma. We had a discussion in the base medrash. Basar maliach, you had salty meat. So uh, you have your beef tartare or your uh, beef carpaccio. So meaning it's raw. But it's considered edible. So uh, when I was going out with my wife six, six and a half years, seven years ago almost, we uh, went to a restaurant. I, it was one of these interesting restaurants, and I ordered this food, and they served me. It looked like locks, literally locks, with a nice barbecue sauce in it. And sure enough, we realized it was totally raw. It was smoked, whatever. 
people go crazy for these things, but, but not me. So, um, what do you say? I think we were such a great date that we weren't really paying attention to the menu. <laughs> it was slow, it wasn't raw. Yeah, so it wasn't raw. So luckily that would not be moksha on Shabbos. People eat it. People are spending $40 a plate on it. So no problem. That's not moksha. However, Buster Tuffel, a regular piece of meat. You go to your uh, butcher, you open a pack. Nobody eats meat like that, opening a pack of steak. You, know, you don't eat it like that. So Buster Tuffel, Rafuna, Amar, no, mutala tatla. You're allowed to move it. Why are you allowed to move it? Because, uh, because it's, you can feed it to your dog. That's really the, the reasoning behind it. So we spoke about this, that you shouldn't feed your dogs uh, raw meat. No. no, not a good idea, as the expert says. But uh, you could. Theoretically, you could delete it. So if delete it, so then it shouldn't be moksa. It's moksa, because if you just bought yourself you know, short ribs, you're not going to feed it to your dog. You give your dog your, the dry dog food that you bought a big you know, sack of you know, from Walmart. You're not going to give him uh, short ribs and uh, lamb and all this other stuff. So even though it's, yeah, it's edible for the dog, but that's not what I had in mind. Just by the way, this is how we pass in halakhically that raw meat is considered moksa, unless it's uh, beef tartare, beef carpaccio, whatever. Otherwise, it is moksa. So we do rely. There's a discussion that we're showing him. We pass him like what the svaras are, and there's other reasons to be mako. So b'shas al-chak, p'makam hefzer, a person's freezer totally, uh, totally got, uh, uh, you know, broke. His freezer broke, and he's going to lose hundreds of dollars worth of meat. So of course, if you, if you have a guy, it's better to ask the nachri to. But even if you don't have a guy, halachically, there is what to rely on to move the meat, because theoretically, it's a roi lachilas kalev. You could feed it to a dog. And as long as you have dogs in your neighborhood, it's matzoi, so it would be fine to move it on Shabbos. So then we rely on that. Next. Ravuna Amar Mutul Tatlai. So let's go back to this uh, raw meat. He says, Mutter, I Vaho Ravuna Tama de Ravhava, Varav Krabudasvirla, the Islay Muksa, there is Muksa. So it should be also to move the raw meat. So the Gemara says, Bamuksa Lachila Savala Krabihuda. When it comes to eating it, he agrees to Rabihuda that you cannot eat things that you did not prepare before Shabbos. However, when it comes to moving it, we, I don't think we saw this in the in, in Mizakal Shabbos yet. The concept of differentiating between what we call something muksa, between using it, eating it, versus moving it. So when it comes to moving it, he'll be meiko, he'll When it comes to eating it, he's machmen like Rabbi Yehuda. You cannot move the raw meat in your freezer, you're not allowed to touch it. He was in front of it, he was bar who he saw this, uh, I think Arsul calls it a duck, or you could call it a goose. They were moving the raw goose mishimsha letula from the sun to the shade of amar of chista chesur kisker chazinu nachi I see that they're trying to save a lot of money here by moving it so the question is what's going on here it's a raw piece of meat you said Rav Chista that you're not allowed to move raw meat on Shabbos it's muksa so when it comes to baravaz when it comes to the raw goose or the raw duck people will eat it even when it's raw they'll chew on it maybe this is the, the original foie gras that uh it's not really, uh, not totally cooked, your, uh, your foie gras. Ravelsky had an uh, issue with one of the, um, so the OU, there's, a, there's actually a story written up about this. The OU had a company that applied for Ashkacha. Uh, for, they were making a stuffed duck in America. They weren't doing stuffed geese, they were doing stuffed duck. And the whole point of it is you fatten up their livers, and you know, Gestepta uh, Gens, you had your, uh, your foie gras. Rabbi had, had an issue with uh, the way they did the tzli. Halacha is, when it comes to liver, when it comes to your classic meat, you go to your shlachtais, what they do is they salt it. In order to get rid of the blood, we'll have a whole discussion, you do, you do a malicha, you salt the meat. 
So that's why a skirt steak, by the way, or a hanger steak, kosher hanger steaks and skirts are extremely salty. Why is that? Because halacha is you salt it on both sides. So if you ever go to a butcher shop that they do malicha, when you, let's say you take a, a side of beef, they're salting both sides, but it's <laughs> in between, you have, you, have, you have hundreds of pounds of meat. As opposed to a skirt steak, you're salting it on both sides, so therefore your kosher skirt steak is very salty, so soak it in water and put in some uh, chimichurri sauce before you, before you grill your steak. Okay, so... What was I talking about? Um, oh, so livers. So liver, we don't, we don't salt liver. It doesn't work. Either you don't have to. Machlekes and Rishonim, what exactly is going on there? I've been the time. But we don't salt livers. We do is we do tzli. We roast it. So the question is, when you roast it, it has to, it has to be roasted. It has to be cooked. The classic recipe of foie gras is to be pretty rare. You don't want it to be fully roasted. So the shach says it has to be a third roasted. The OU did not allow hashkacha un- unless they were mamish roasting it totally. And then when they sent it to the chefs and uh, la marais and whatever, they said that you can't serve this for $100 a plate. It's totally burnt. That's not the foie gras that we need that, to sell it for $100 a plate, and therefore the company went, uh, went, went out of business. I think that that's what happened. Okay. Yeah, fine. Interesting. So maybe that's what they were talking about. So Shani Ba'avnaz, Next. Tana Rabbanan, Dog Maliach, Mutlatatli. So it's fascinating that back in the day, Doug, that uh, one more piece, Doug Tafelatli. That when it came to Doug Maliach, your locks, you can move it, but raw fish was muksa. And, and basar was different. So today it's flip flopped. Raw fish. Sushi great tuna, you know, tuna or salmon. You could you could have sashimi, you could have all these things. Back back in the day, they didn't eat this stuff. Basar, bain tafa, bain maliach, mutlatat, you can move it because you can feed it to your dogs. Tanabon, metaltan, asatsamis, you can move bones on Shabbos. They knew about this back then, that the dogs would eat the bones. Basar tafuach, if you have. A spoiled meat, you could give it to your, to your wild animals. Mayim agulim, let's say you have water that was left overnight. I'm sorry, not overnight, but it was left that, uh, you know, that there were, might have been snakes over there. So halach is mnei shehin ruin l'chatul, you let him move it because you could feed it to a cat. No, kol atzman asla shahosim nesekana. You're not allowed to have this water in your house. There's a concept of removing sakana from your house. Since the water might have venom from a snake, you must be removed from your house. Zok, the next mission. We had this previously, so maybe it, uh, you'll, you'll be reminded of the previous Gemara we had. Koifin could turn over a basket in front of the, the, uh, the chickens. They're going up to their coop, so you, lo- you flip over a basket so that they can have a step. You had a chicken that ran away. You have a runaway chicken. You could push it in with your hands until it goes in, but you can't like hold it as it's walking. You could just push it. However, medadin, you could walk agalin, these calves, usiach, and these small uh, donkeys. You could you could walk with you could walk it. Isha medades, not a woman is allowed to walk her child. A, a father could do this as well, meaning you're not dragging it, but you're you're helping and aiding the child walk. I'm Rabbi Yehuda Amosai. When is this? He's moving his feet. The child's moving his feet. Sometimes, you know, if you live in a place where there's no Erev, so that's your, the parents, you know, uh, nightmare is, is, you know, going uh, officially, go, they go to someone's house for Shabbos or Kiddush, and then the child, you know, will know where the size is not walking anymore. So what do you do? So if it's still walking, you know, moving its feet, so the parents could, could uh, dra- you know, not drag, but you could help it along. However, in Hayagayur, if you're literally dragging the feet, making that noise, when the kids are not interested in walking anymore, that'll be usher, because that'll be called carrying on Shabbos, usher. I'm going to read the Marav. You have a behemoth that got stuck in a swamp. Maybe Karamuksasas, Yumaniach Tachtel. 
You could bring blankets and mattresses, and the animal should be able to step on it, and then it will get out of the mud. Then also, and if she on her own, the animal on her own goes up, also no problem. Mesve, that's the following kasha. The bride says the behemoth fell into a swamp. You could give it food. Make sure it doesn't die. Sounds like parnasa in. I could give the animal her food, but karmuchsasais loy that I cannot bring pillows and blankets for the animal. So the gemara says like kasha ha d'asher parnasa ha d'i after parnasa. You have to make a calculation. If is the animal going to survive by me giving her food? If yes, then I don't have to bring these mattresses. But if she's not going to survive, it's too much distress. Then I would bring the mattresses. Vila light. And after uh, and Viloy, maybe Karim Uchsasais, Umaniach Tachta, and you can put it underneath it. So, hold on a second. Vakamavata Klimechana, you had a Kaylee, you had a pillow that was usable to sleep on, and now you put it underneath the animal. That's called Mavata Klimechana. That's like putting something underneath, you know, dripping water from the air conditioner. You're doing something, you no longer could use this Kaylee on Shabbos. So, the Gemara says, Savar Mavata Klimechana is Dirabanan. It's only an Issa Dirabanan. And Tzabar Lechayim, according to this Shita, is Dirabanan. So, Asi Dirabanan, in order to, meet, to be concerned for the animal's well being and, and violate Vidachi, Dirabanan violate Dirabanan of Mavata Klimechana. Next, Tanner, yeah, go. Does it have to be your animal? No, any animal, any animal. That Tzavah Lechaim is the right. It's Machlekes, it's the right, it's uh, But this sheet is going with the, with the opinion that it's, that it's a uh, uh, Indian Daraisa. Okay. Tanagarla Shabarcha. See, the chicken across the road ran away. So the Gemara says, Doichin in, Medad and Loi. I could push it, but I can't hold on, you know, underneath its wings and, and walk it. So the Gemara says, Tanina Lahad, the Tanagarabanan, but Medadin. If you allow to walk the animals, the wild animals, the birds, we're not a chicken. Why not? It's my time. Why can't you hold a chicken underneath its wings? As soon as you hold it, it's going to take its feet off the ground. It's lazy. So therefore, as soon as you pick it up by its wings, it's going to take its feet off the ground. You're going to carry it. As opposed to other birds, it would keep walking. Tony Chad, we had one Brisa said, Medadin Behemachai of Oipachatzer, Avaloi Bishus Rab, not Rishus Rabbim. Vaisha Medada Espino Bishus Rabbim, who walk her son in Rishus Rabbim, Vainzar Chamer Bachatzer. You know, there's no Chiddush, of course you could do it when it's not Rishus Rabbim. Vitani either, with another Brisa, in Oikran Behemachai of Oipachatzer, you cannot pick them up. Avadoichem Behen Sheikhan, so you could push them so that they can move. So Mars says, it doesn't make any sense. Amrit, originally you said, hey, Noikrin, I can't pick it up. Sounds like it's if I lift the entire animal up. But I could walk it as long as the animal's feet are still on the ground. And Hadaram, then you said, Doichin, I could push it, but I can't walk it. So what is it? So Mabaya, really, you're allowed to walk the animal. Seifa, when the Seifa said you have to push it, that's only for one specific animal, and that is the famous chicken. Asan, Latana Garlis, that's only for the chicken. Okay, one more halacha for the, with chickens, and then we will move on to a, another Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, so the Gemara says like this, Amarbaya, Haiman de Shachatana Garlis, you're shechting a chicken in empire. So, Likbishinu Likari Ba'ara, push its feet into the ground firmly. Inami nedelu medel or hold it, and that's what they do today in uh, Eretz Yisrael and some shlachtas, and they have the shaykhit holding it. Most places they have the the workers will hold the chicken in place. Okay, so you uh, you hold it tight. Why? Because 
If you don't control the animal, it's going to jerk its neck, and you're going to end up the akalahulasimanim, and the kun and the vesha, the esophagus and the windpipe will be in the wrong place, and you'll uh, it'll be oiker. There's one of the five pesulim in shechita is akira is is uh, is ikor. Sorry, we'll get to this in the first paragraph of chulin. We'll discuss it then. But either way, you should control the chicken, make sure it is uh, secure prior to doing shechita. Okay, comes along the next mishnah. And this is actually very relevant for Abanim and for husbands and for fathers-to-be. So here we go. Halacha is uh, regarding, we know that when it comes to a chayla shiyesh by sakana, someone who is sick or is in a sakana situation, you'll have to be machal Shabbos. No problem. So we're going to get into the discussion of, uh, of a yaleta, someone who's giving birth. So we're going to talk about humans and we'll talk about animals as well. So when it comes to humans, obviously there's v'chai behem, we're mechal Shabbos. When it comes to animals, we cannot be mechal Shabbos. Even though Tzar Balichai might be Daraisa, we could violate the Rabbanans perhaps, but we cannot violate a Daraisas. Uh, Here we go. In Miyaldin Esa Behemla Beyantif. You cannot, you can't uh, do a, you can't deliver a animal on Yantif. Ava Mesadim, you could assist. You could assist in the delivery, but you can't do the full delivery. So when it comes to women, obviously you could do it on Shabbos and for sure on Yantif. The you could call the midwife to uh, so I saw a corny line. Why is a midwife called a chacham? So if you like uh, corny jokes, because the Mishnah Pikyava says Ezu Chacham Haraya Okay, so that's why the, the, the midwife is called a chachama. Okay, so but you can call the midwife Yimakan the Makan. Umechalin Aleha as a Shabbos. She can be Mechal Shabbos. Vekoshin as a Tibor. You go tie the umbilical cord. Rabbi Yosi Amar Avchaytkin. You go cut the umbilical cord. Vekol Tzarchemin. And all necessities of doing a bris milah. Oisim Shabbos. You can do on Shabbos. And that actually introduces us to the next parak, the famous parak of Rabbi Lazar the Mila, which is a. Uh, Will be Tuesday's daf, so that's the last mission on our our parak, leading on to the next uh, parak of Rabbi Lazar de Mila. Here we go. So Kitsa Masadin, how do you assist the delivery without actually, you know, delivering the animal? So you catch, you grab onto it when it when it leaves the rechem. that it should not fall to the ground. You uh, you uh, press into the the flesh. Of the womb in order to assist or to ease the vlad from coming out. And how do you do this? You grab onto the vlad, the offspring, so it doesn't fall to the ground. You blow into its nose to get rid of the, the fluids there so that it can breathe. And you give a udder to the, uh, to the uh, calf in order for, for that it should nurse right away. So that's what you should do. There's a concept of rachamin. What does that mean? That after the offspring is, bo- is born, there's a, there's, a, there's a time where you could make a connection between the mother and the child, even by humans. My wife's a uh, labor and delivery nurse. So there's a lot of literature on this, of connecting the mother and the baby, even the father and the baby. There are things right after the birth. So let's say the, uh, the cow, the mother cow, is not connecting with the child. You could do something called marachamin. And the Gemara is going to ask, how do you do this? What do you do? How do you marach minin? I'm Rabbi, maybe bull. You bring a fistful of melach, of salt. You put it inside the womb of the cow. She'll remember her pain of late, of giving birth. And she'll have mercy. She'll see that it was all worth it for this child, for this, uh, for this calf. And she'll have rachmanas in it. Another thing, you take the, uh, the meishilya, 
the, the liquids, the juices afterwards, and you put it on put it onto the offspring, she'll smell the smell of this, the Sarachim Elav, she'll have on her offspring. And Vidafka Tahira, only a cow or a Tahira animal needs this. But a tummy animal, a dog, is not necessary. My time with Tamea Lamarachaka Vlada. When it comes to these, uh, the non kosher animals, for some reason, they do not distance themselves from their, from their vlad. They take care of them. However, they marach, but if they do, in fact, distance themselves from their offspring, marach vlada loy mekarva. Nothing you do is going to help bring them back together again. Okay, one more. Uh, sorry, we have a few more lines here. Miyav So you're allowed to deliver a, a baby, a human baby on Shabbos. So the Mars is michti. Tanale. The Mishnah said, you're allowed to do delivery. You could bring a, uh, the midwife, the nurse, from place to place. She could drive on Shabbos. What's the Chiddush? We have a Chayla Shiyesh Poisakana that a Yeladis is considered a Chayla Shiyesh Poisakana. Of course, let him on Shabbos. She wouldn't eat it on Yom Kippur, she would break her fast, right? So the Gemara says, is telling us to include the following. <coughs> it's actually very important halacha. Uh, for, for many areas uh, in Shah. So here we go. If the Yaledes needs a candle, so she needs a light on. So the, the woman is giving her, she needs a light, I want the light on. Her friend, another Jewish lady, could light the candle for her. You're allowed to bring, she says, I want oil. You're allowed to bring oil with you in your hand. You're allowed to carry the oil on Shabbos. If she can't put enough on her hands, she puts it in her ear. If she can't put it in her ear, she could literally bring an entire bottle of oil to the hospital on Shabbos. No problem. So the Gemara says, oh, my, my, you just said, if she needs a candle, she needs a light on, you're allowed to light the candle. So the Gemara says, of course. You have a, a situation of life and death. So the Gemara says, we're talking about the, the mother is blind, and she can't see anyways. So she doesn't need a light on. So you're still allowed to turn the light on. Why? Mouth came out. I thought the say came in the chaza. She can't see anyways. Us, sir, you should not be able to turn the light on. Kamash Malan. The Brisa goes out of its way to tell me I am allowed to turn the light on. Why? And these three words, very important. Ituve miyatva daita. It calms her down. How does it calm her down practically? Sava, she thinks, if there's something that goes wrong, they'll take care of me better. So for any reason, the is in a situation and they say, I want this, even if we could, say, we could theoretically say that it's unnecessary for them, it's not going to save their life. If they want it, it's called Yasva Daita. It's Yasuvi Daita and it's Mutter. So a classic psak is if a woman has a doula who, uh, who talks to her dur- during the birth, Halach is, you're allowed to call the doula on Shabbos, even if the doula is a from lady, and she's going to drive on Shabbos, 100% mutter, no shayla, because it's yasuva, taita, and it's mutter. So that is one halacha. There's another controversial halacha, it really depends how you learn this taisus. Taisus says, look at this taisus here, the bottom taisus on Kufa Chesim and Beis. He says, hold on a second, Yom Kippur, if a choyla says, uh, I'm hungry. Halach is, no, 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 we don't feed them right away. You need to call the doctor, get experts involved. One second. If she's a chayla, she ate by sakana, and she says, I need to eat, why are we not uh, listening to her right away? Even if she's wrong and the doctor says she doesn't need to eat, yesuve daita, right? So in this toysvist, depending how you learn, how you understand this 
question, this answer, you come up with many, many shilas. Let's say a woman decides she needs, I don't know, she needs orange, she wants orange juice. So let's say you're a, uh, you're, you're a firm guy, and your wife says you, you, she's gave birth, or she's giving birth, she needs orange juice, okay, in the Shabbos. Do you walk across your Manhattan, do you walk across the street, carry on Shabbos, because she needs it. Is that, is that mutter? I don't know. It depends on Elon's Taisvis. Another uh, classic shiloh the place can deal with is um, there's a discussion in the place when a woman is giving birth. Literally, when she's giving birth, so at some point, either she becomes a nida, and we're going to see that's tomorrow's daf, or she becomes what we call a yeledas. At some point, she dilates enough that she becomes a yeledas. So the question is can a husband hold her hand when she's, uh, when she's a yeledas? On one end, you would say she's a nida, she's a yeledas. There's a Isra Kares to, to be together. There's definitely an Isra Lav of Nagia. On the other hand, some of the place can say, again, I'm not, this is not the Halacha Lamaisa, just uh, want to just bring, based on how you learn this Taisvis, some of the place can say, at the end of the day, she's a Choyle, she aged by Sakana, she's giving birth. If this is calming her down, the same way a blind woman is allowed to ask someone to turn on the light on Shabbos for her, light a candle for her because somehow it calms her down. So if this calms her down, how can he say it's us, sir? But again, a, a place, depending on this Taisvis, you'll have those that are Machmer. Most, most places are Machmer and Shiloh. Most places are Machmer and Shiloh. Who's Mako? Or Vashar Weiss is Mako? There are other, other places that are Mako on that Shiloh, holding hands. Some places are Machmer, can't even be in the room. That's the Midchas Yitzchak and the, and the Mishnah Allah. <laughs> the husband can't even be in the room. But the Chasidim, the Davani Mincha, when the wife gives birth. <laughs> they, say, you know, they call them Mazatov. They're not in the room. Okay, um, fine. But all that is really coming back to this Gemara, this concept of Yasuve Daita, if it calms her down, I'll be with her. No? Were you with Davani Mincha? Oh, you delivered it. Yeah. At that point, it's mutter. Holding hands is not, uh, is not actually saving the baby, unless you want to say it psychologically. But to deliver a wife, for sure, 100%. That'll be mutter. That's, that's for sure mutter, because that is pikuach nefesh. Okay, let's finish the Gemara. So the, we said in the Bryce, if she needs oil, so you can have the person who put it on their hands originally. If it's not, doesn't help, put it in your hair. If that doesn't help either, you take it in a, in a, in a cup. Even though it's, you're doing... Uh, you're carrying on Shabbos. So, then the Mishnah said, you'll have to put it in the hair. How am I allowed to do that? I'm going to be squeezing my hair and getting the oil out for her. Isn't that schito? Isn't that squeezing out your hair on Shabbos? So, there's no issue of squeezing out your hair on Shabbos. No problem. This discussion comes up when a, when a, person, when a, when a guy goes to the mikvah, Shabbos morning, the high school mikvah. Can you, can you, you know, how do you uh, draw yourself off in the mikvah? So, most of the place can say to, to pat yourself down. That's the Psak Rabbi Yashiv. That's out in uh, the Sefer Koivitz, uh, his Koivitz True Voice. That's the standard Psak. Women also, they go to the mikvah. On Friday night, they should pat themselves down. There are places that are a little more makeable than that, but that's the standard psak I think that people give. Uh, additionally, if someone takes a shower on Yantif, or you take a cold shower on Shabbos. So the same, you have the same shayla, how to, how to draw yourself off. So we tend to really be makel, the ain't schito beseyer, but to be choshish, to be concerned that maybe there is, and therefore it's better to pat yourself down. Even if you tell me the schito beseyer, that's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about you put the oil in your hair and you're squeezing it out on Shabbos. That's not the discussion. The, qu- the question was, how do I transport it from point A to point B with, with the least uh, violations possible? This is a concept called hakal hakal trila, doing the least uh, pro- prohibition. So what, what do we do here? You take a turban, you wrap it, or you take your hair and you wrap the keli, the jar of oil, in your hair. 
the kama de afshir lishanuye mishaninu. Whatever you could do as a shinoi to not violate Shabbos. Now, this is not talking about when you're actually giving care, when you're providing care to the patient. It's talking about when care. When you're providing care to the patient, you don't start doing shinois. You don't start uh, pushing machinery with your left hand and you do it the regular way. It's talking about when you're doing something like the daita. She said she needs orange juice. So then, do a pashino. She needs oil. Okay, you wrap it in your hair, do a pashino. Otherwise, you should be in a, in a rush to do it. That's the psak of Rav Asher Weiss in Shari Tzedek Hospital. We gave a share on this one Shavuos night regarding many, uh, you know, different shadows that come up in the RDF, in hospitals, that you should not be doing things in, in odd ways because you're going to end up causing, uh, you know, sakonis But things that don't need uh, your cure, you're carrying oil, so big deal. So you drop the, you know, it's not going not gonna to make it or break it. And therefore, there would be a, a room to say hakala kachila and don't violate... Uh, Shabbos, unless you have to. Okay. Yashikoyach. Have a good night.